Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. We ended up postponing over the holidays, but we are back and we are ready to play. The campaign is Horror on the Orient Express. It was It's available from Chaosium. I'm the Keeper of the Secrets, and this is Episode 6. Our recap will be given by Stuart Lively as his character, Theodore Thursby III. So, without any further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. Stuart? Thank you, Tom. We were in search of the Sedefkar Simulacron, a dangerous artifact, a statue that had been broken up and distributed across Europe. We were sent by Professor Julian Smythe, who managed to escape being burned alive rather than reveal what he knew. Dr. Dabrowski was called away to Scotland but he would rejoin us soon. We then traveled from England to France. In Paris, the air was getting quite chilly. It was January, 1923, and snow was in the forecast within a week or so. Our research assistant, Remy, had worked hard digging up more information for us at the Bibliothèque Nationale Paris. After lunch, we met up with him and reviewed First primary discovery, a damaged journal of Mademoiselle de Brienne, 1789, mentioning a Vicomte Janavier in a bizarre light, one showing him of seductive extravagance, yet later connected to scandal, getting him arrested by the king's soldiers. The second piece discovered, damaged journal from Dr. Lucien Regalt of the same year, 1789, in it, he mentions many bodies being moved to the catacombs of Paris. And what seems like the Vicomte Genevier's body was put there as well. We later descended into those very catacombs, going in our best educated guess of a direction to search for the Vicomte's body in hopes of securing any additional clue while Remy continues his research. Deep within, we met a peculiar gentleman of canine and cadaverous resemblance, dressed in an old, tattered, perhaps pre-Napoleonic uniform. It struggled to speak with us. He seemed, he recalled his name to be Gillian, but offered little engagement, leaping away deeper into the catacombs. After, after leaving, we headed over to the military museum where we gain even more tidbits of research from Remy. The journal of Philip Blanc, again from 1789, indicated that after a struggle resulting in Vicomte Jean of Yer's mansion burning down, the king's court found the Vicomte to be mad and afflicted with excessive, decadent, and horrible behaviors. He was sentenced to rot in the Charenton, Charenton Asylum in another journal of the same period, it mentioned that the raid on the Vicomte's estate revealed a horrific array of torture devices in the cellar, along with many deranged party attendees. We turned our attention to researching the location of the Vicomte's estate and the Charenton's asylum to continue our investigations there. So as you are all uh, planning out what you're going to do at the hotel, there is a knock at your door. 
Who is it? I'll, I'll walk over and uh, look through a little little peephole. See if we. It's Dorian, Doctor Dorian Dubrowski. Oh, so this guy <laughs> open up the door. It's like Dorian, you you were able to locate us. Come in, come in, come in. Uh, hello. It's been a while. It's good to yes, see how, you. How was how was Scotland? Uh, it was it was it was hell, but it's okay. I'm okay. Everything went well. Good to see you, old man. Here, have a glass of wine. Ah, you know how to speak good words. <laughs> I take the wine and I down the wine. Hmm. Yes, how how is everything? Have I missed anything of importance of your journey? Well, it's hard to say if it's importance is they've hit uh, some uh, some tempting leads, but we need to go into it. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we've also run into some dead ends, uh, so to speak, but that's to be expected trying to find something from so long ago in these modern times. That's very true indeed. Well, hopefully we can uh, get more into this. And maybe my fresh pair of eyes can help. Yes, well, we uh, we have. I think we have two solid leads at, at the moment. Um, yeah, we have several interesting documents that we have photosynthetic copies of. We have hired a research assistant uh, from the bibliotheque who has proven to be most efficient. Um, it seems as though uh, someone who is a probable match for a missing Vicomte Genevier uh, had his uh, house in uh, Poissy burnt to the ground by the authorities, was taken away to the asylum at Charenton, uh, and perhaps uh, murdered uh, on official uh, or uno in unofficial capacities, uh, perhaps, and thrown into the catacomb where, um, have you read uh, any uh, text about the existence of creatures called ghouls? Uh, I have not, no. No. Then, uh, no well, I've heard I've heard things. I don't. Some things I stay away from. I've heard variations on them, I guess, but not specifically on ghouls. Yeah, well, let's say I'm not interested to go into the catacombs again very soon. Somewhat troubling experience. Uh, did you run across any uh, real or pretend Turks in Scotland, or have you been unmolested for your own? I had uh, my my own troubles with a uh, young young uh, folk uh, wanting to be better than they are. They're stubborn and cocky, but uh, I had some help from young young like-minded individuals. But we came to see eye to eye after a while. It was uh, I don't like Scotland. It's uh, too uh, hilly for my liking, and the weather's. I'm used to cold weather, and, but the rain gets a bit 
too much for me. Up there. And the animals, too many. Uh, I have been cogitating about our next um, adventure uh, regarding the Vicomte's possible ownership of a piece of the simulacrum. Yes. I wonder whether we should go directly to the to the town of Poissy, because a piece of statuary is more likely to survive a fire in a building than it is to survive being put in a madhouse for some time. Yeah, especially in the cellar. I mean, it seems like that wouldn't that might have escaped the burning if it was a stone, purely stone cellar and deep. I mean, it could have escaped. Uh escape the burning but uh, if it was still at the estate i hope it's still there i mean it's been a long time Indeed. Uh, you you don't know if anybody during the revolution or otherwise uh pillaged the place any further but where where is this how far away is the estate and how as compared to the asylum the asylum is in southeast London on the on the outskirts. Uh, um, you mean Paris? Back in London, Paris. I'm sorry, in Paris. I'm sorry, Paris. Uh, and Poissy is about two hours uh, in the opposite direction, uh, north northwest, along is, the Seine. Well, is it? Yeah. Okay. Right. So I think while we're, I mean, we're already here in Paris. We could we could pay a visit to the asylum. Um, yeah. Agreed. And head out because uh, it's what it's January twelfth. It's a Friday. Uh, we could. Go. Did we get a sense? I, I'm, I'm trying to recall. Did we get a sense from the uh, from the documentation that uh, the uh, the Viscount's estate was not just burned but plundered? Was there someone who would have uh, reaped uh, and and robbed? Uh, the place before it it fell to fire. Do we get a sense of that, or or no? Um, other than seem... other than it being more of an execution kind of thing. I think your your research assistant Remy is looking to see if he can find an inventory of confiscated mm-hmm. items. Um, okay, it's highly likely that the police would have confiscated any uh, object to art that they found. Uh, unless it, it did seem like they went into the basement and it was so horrific, they just set fire to the whole building. So they might have gotten some of that out. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. I was trying to get a sense if there was some kind of, uh, uh, you know, mastermind collector or something who, you know, was behind it or not. But okay. Yeah. yeah they, they, they were horrified in, in, the, in the journals uh, of what they found down there. Wait. It, it makes me it makes me curious just what they could have found that would make them uh, make them so shocked. Uh, I mean, the time period. I mean, seventeen eighty nine. I mean, with ideas of the Enlightenment, uh, such religious fervor. I think was beginning the way in that we see in our own time of kind of a lack of religious faith. Um, but I. I yeah, I don't know. The Vicomte seemed to inspire very strong feelings among people, both positively <laughs> and negatively. Yeah. Mm. Yes. 
It's not not I'll one for subtleties. That and say you're also at uh, 1789. The common man despised the aristocracy at that time. That's mm-hmm. right on the cusp of the revolution. Yeah. If we, well, not if, because I think we are going to go. If we go to the uh, to the asylum, uh, for what is our purpose what do we tell people when we get there is it research of records surely it's not to visit anyone right i no. mean there'd be no reason to lie i i don't know yeah. why they so would it's, hide it's, anything it's, from it's, us. right right so we're there to do uh historical research and request permission to look at their records hopefully they are kept there on site so all right yeah we could mention a, a range of dates that we're interested in we could even mention the name i mean i think the more the more details we give them the the better um i i don't know how yeah i i don't i don't see a reason to be uh to obscure our purposes uh with the asylum staff but the only thing we might wish to be sensitive about is that we are not entirely certain that he wasn't the victim of an extrajudicial assassination. And to imply that that happened on the premises might be tactless. Yes. yes. Although it could be, but that was a few republics ago too. I mean, yeah. I, I was even pre. It, so, it, that, it may be handy. It may be handy if one of us was uh, maybe uh, doing research, research for a book or something, you know, someone who could come across as a, as an author, a writer of sorts, a, a Gunther, I, I think you strike the perfect air for that. I could be uh, more of a making a, uh, a, a film, a, a, a film about our researches on it. Yeah. Perfect. Fantastic. My concern, I agree that the uh, madhouse is much closer to get to today, but uh, if we wish to make inquiries at a public office in Poissy, we might find that we are forced to wait until Monday for this. And today is? Today is Friday. Friday. Well, we could divide and conquer. Yes, yeah. I don't mind if we do divide and conquer. I don't mind going to the asylum. I do have a background in alienism, so yeah, could lead some insights from that perspective. Well, I I think that would be uh, excellent. I I would feel comfortable going in either direction. I maybe my medical background could help open and grease some doors at the asylum or possibly some of my uh, personal influence may or may not though doubtful have some kind of sway uh, with any kind of uh, public records office in uh, Boise. So I'm happy Initially, to join the other I, team. Yeah. I think at first it would make sense for you with the proper papers to go to the madhouse, but then we are not entirely certain that there aren't remains in the in what left is left of the chateau, as there was some implication that not everyone in the cellars left before they set the place ablaze. So having forensic expertise might be useful. I can go to Poissy. All right. Yes. Well, me, me and Gunther can, and whoever else can deal with the uh, madhouse. 
Okay, who's going to go to the madhouse? Who's going to go to Boise? Uh, Dorian and myself. Uh, anyone want to join us? Or are you off on a, another expedition there, Theodore? Uh, I think I'm <laughs> going to head to Boise. So there's several directions we need to go there. Not only the, uh, the estate itself, but any local uh, hall of records. So there'll be plenty to do there. So both doctors and uh, Theodore and Gabriel are going to go to Poissy. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. There seems, there's, I think there's going to be more things to, the more eyes at Poissy, I think will be better than at the asylum. It doesn't have to be a 50-50 split. No, we can no, go 60-40. No. 60, 40. no. I mean, we're going. We're going to an asylum. We we don't need a, a, a can, any numbers there. No, we'll be fine. Uh, Nothing could go wrong. And gotcha. Gunter, as my my father used to believe, as he was a alienist himself, he used to say they're not mad; they're just possessed by the devil. Uh, <laughs> that is I mean, not comforting. <laughs> I mean, if it's a possession you want to talk about, that's more in my. Uh, mm. In my realm of study, but but I don't we, think it's going to be particularly relevant. No, I do not. And my father was not a nice man, but you know, mm. it's always something that I remember. Okay, so um, you're making your plans to go. Uh, how about your plans to come back? What what are you going to do? Or well, which which job do you think is going to take longer? Poise. Definitely the Poise. I mean, I'd imagine that that at the asylum we wouldn't be there more than four or five hours. I mean, which is just travel time for them, two hours there and two hours and, back. You know, after after the asylum, uh Dorian and Gunther could uh, catch up with our um with our research assistant. Yeah, see right. if there was anything that came up from, yes, from it his, might his work. Be an today. idea for me to meet Remy, I have not met. Oh, Remy he's, he's wonderful. And since it's going into the weekend, I uh, we definitely would want to get an update. Yeah, that sounds like a good plan. We'll meet up with Remy. Yeah. Do you think All it's right. efficient to hire a car for uh, traveling to Poissy and then we decide if we come back or find an inn there to stay? No, I think there it'd be better if we had our own transportation. Yeah, on so we can get around our own accord. All right. All right. So let's say a, a little time goes by in the day and you guys are off in your different directions. Um, let's go ahead and do the uh, asylum. Um, so Gunter and uh, Dr. Dabrowski, uh, you travel on, you know, you're probably taking a cab or something like that to get there. Mm -hmm. um, the asylum is a very imposing sort of place. Do you do any research beforehand to know who you're going to talk to or anything uh, like that? Yes, I, I probably would, yes. There was the question of having a new head that Remy brought up that there had been a change in authority there. He was even going to look for a newspaper, I think, about that. 
Did you want to check with him first? Yeah. Now that uh, All right. her doctor reminded us of that. Okay. So you go by, uh, you go by and check on Remy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been busy looking, but he thinks that some of the leads are drying up at this point, and he's not he's not finding much more. So much was lost during the, the revolution. He did, however, find that uh, that newspaper article that he had mentioned, uh, uh, and he shows this to you. Uh, there was a recent changeover of directorship. Ah, thank you, Remy. Charrington Asylum mourns director's pass. Oh, director's passing. We mourn the loss of our esteemed director, doc- Dr. Ethan Delplace, a, a man of the highest professional standards and a true pioneer in the field of neurology. His loss by tragic accident comes as a great blow. We at the hospital extend our heartfelt sympathies to his family, hoping that they may that they may overcome their grief in time. Dr. Duplass will be missed by the Charenton community, Paris at large, the glorious nation of France, and civilized men everywhere. Dr. Francois Leroux, acting director, January 1923. Just huh. a few days ago. Mm. In, yeah, I mean... Doesn't it seem? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, <laughs> some of the people we've uh, there's been a few tragic accidents that I'm not. But there is always a tragic accidents. What was the new director's name? I was reading. I didn't get it written. Francois Delarue. Delarue. Or Francois Delarue. Sorry. Um. So as you are driving along, you, you end up on what seems almost like a little country road. Uh, the asylum is very large, uh, and it is isolated uh, by some distance just from the, the locals. Uh, and it looks like this. It's also got a picture of the new director. Multiple floors. Ah. It's a big place. It is rather imposing. Magnificent. It's not, it, it's in fairly decent upkeep. Of course, it's winter, so the grass is kind of brown and everything is, uh, is falling apart. Um, there's a special place for uh, visitors to park, um, and you can see that the security is fairly high. There mm-hmm. are people in white coats here and there throughout. There seems to be places over towards the side where uh, some of the patients who are not as bad uh, can walk around in a park-like setting, but they're all the, being watched. Right. The low, the low care patients. Right. The low care ones. Ah. Hmm. Um, and you can see where the entrance is. <laughs> well. Um, well, let's uh, head on in. Is this going to have you been to an asylum before? I I have not. I've been to hospitals, but never to a, a mental hospital. So I just, uh, you know, treated like going to a normal hospital. Just a few 
people who might say weird things to you. Mm. It's it's normal. Don't don't worry. We'll be fine. I, well, I was not not worried. Uh. <laughs> Some people are when they first come to an asylum and see people who talk to themselves or say weird things or throw things at others that may not. Oh, appreciate. All right. Well, so you, now, you're, now you're making me worried. <laughs> you step inside the front lobby, and there are you can hear people howling, yes, in the back, <laughs> like wild animals. Oh my goodness! Um, not, not quite. Not quite. I said they're crazy. Um, um you detect almost immediately a, a, a smell, um, like that ammonia. Well, yeah, they. I mean, they do their best to make sure everything is sanitary, but. There's there's mm-hmm. always those problems. So there's a slight hint of urine in the air. Um, uh, in the front uh, of the office, there is a round desk um, with an older woman uh, sitting behind it. She is in a gray suit, um, very sort of stiff and formal, almost symmetrical the way that she sits. And she shows no particular expression when you walk in, but she's obviously got her eye on you. Um, you probably guess she's in her mid sixties. Okay. I mean, I'm just going to walk up to her. I mean, and assume she's the. Uh, How's your like, French? Like, uh, my French is awful. I have uh, I have one uh, percent in French. So bonjour. I can speak German. <laughs> Bonjour. Um, and she says something to you in French, which you probably take as what? What do you want? What do you want? Uh, English? English? <sighs> what? What are you here for? Uh, yes, uh, Mademoiselle. Uh, I I, I am, am Gunter Block. Oh, they call me Madame uh, Royat. Madame Royat. I try and sound it out with my accent. It's like, uh, I, my name is uh, uh, Gunter Block, and uh, I am doing a uh, documentary film on, uh, on revolutionary uh, inmates of the asylum. And I was wondering what I was referenced here to, uh, to see if I could look up an inmate that would have been Do housed you, here. Um, yes. Do you have an appointment? Uh, no, no. Where are you the person we need to speak to to get an appointment? I am the receptionist. Um, we are, she's, she's a little flustered, um, but kind of angry flustered. Yeah. Um, she says one moment and uh, she uh, pushes a button on a, like a, a telephone call machine. And uh, she picks up the phone and she says, yes, Dr. Duplass, I mean, uh, 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 Dr. Francois. Yes, there are some people here. They uh, seem to be writing a book or something. Uh, if you wish, yes. She says, follow me, please. Oh, thank you. And... Uh, she takes you down the hall. Um, the place is pretty clean, sterile. You can smell bleach. You can smell ammonia. 
Um, you also notice that there's nothing you could grab and stab somebody with. Oh, you know? good. <laughs> there's no decorations. There's nothing like that. Um, she takes you to a door. And before she opens the door, she turns around to you and she says, this is Dr. Francois Leroux. He is the new director. Um, please be brief. He is a busy man. Ah. Uh, she That's... knocks and she opens the door. Dr. Dr. LaRue, these are the people that I, I told you about. Um, Dr. LaRue, you've seen his picture. When you walk in, his office is mostly neat, okay? It's neat and well-organized directly in front of you. To the side, there are a whole bunch of boxes mm -hmm. um, that seem to have stuff in them. Um, you can see that some of them are picture frames and things like that, probably from the previous doctor. Um, he stands sure. up. He says, uh, thank you, uh, Madame uh, Runya. And she leaves. Uh, uh, please uh, have a seat. Uh, what can I do for you? Oh, thank you, uh, doctor. And I have a seat. Uh, my name is Gunter Block, and this is my associate, a, uh, Dr. Dorian Dobrowski. Yes, Dr. Dorian Dobrowski. I am Dr. Psychology. Yes. Oh, you're a doctor of psychology. Yes. Where did you uh, study? I studied in London. In London? Actually, yes, under my father, actually. He I is uh, no longer with us. I see. Um, uh, 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 Madam uh, Ronya said uh, something about you writing a book. Uh, well, not not a book. We were making a uh, a, a film about some uh, about the history of the inmates that would have been housed here around the revolutionary time, around the French Revolutionary time, and uh, we were uh, interested in maybe seeing some of the old documentation of these patients no, no active patients so, obviously so nothing on the current you, you realize that the, the charlton asylum back then was quite a different place than it is today there oh yeah were quite uh, yes. barbaric compared to our modern times uh, <sighs> yeah that, that that's one of the things we were trying to highlight is how far we've come come thanks to work uh, by uh Many dedicated doctors in the humane treatment of uh, the mentally ill. You're talking about um, late 1700s. Um, I'm not honestly sure if we have records going back that. I'm sure that there are records. They'll be in the basement. Um, you understand, I can't give you access to the rest of the asylum. I can't oh. give you access to any modern records, and I can't allow you to film here. Oh, okay. Uh, there about... are people whose whose family members are in Charlton Asylum that would rather not let anybody know that. So, oh, I understand. How about the, the we could see the records? I just the records. I could take a picture and then maybe just when I piece the film together, just show the documents. The, I, don't, and, I don't care about any of the records that are over 100 years old there. Ah, actually. Meaningless. Um, just a moment. He goes to the door and uh, he goes, uh, Mandarin. And uh, an orderly comes over to him and he says, uh, these gentlemen need access uh, to the basement. 
the uh, where the records are kept. Um, this is Paul Mandrin. Uh, ah. You can uh, he'll he'll take you down there. Uh, I want you to stay with them, Paul, and uh, make sure everything is uh, that they don't wander off anywhere. Uh, and he looks back at you and he says, "We've had uh, a number of uh, structural problems oh, in the no. basement. Most of it is not used anymore, except to store records. Uh, so there's okay. part of it, the part of the wings that are uh, off limits for safety reasons." Yeah, that's uh, quite quite understandable. Don't worry, we will be we will be careful once we contest. And, and thank you very um, much. And yes, my sympathies for the. Uh, passing of the the past director was oh, quite um, sad to see yes rather tragic um please uh, tragic. i'm a i'm a busy man so uh please uh, help yourself if that's what you're looking for ah, mercy. so he he dismisses you and uh the orderly uh walks you down a hallway and down another hallway and through a door and then there's some stairs descending. Um, it's not like you're going through any special thing. There's just literally stone stairs, you know, part of the building going down. Um, there are doors on your right and doors on your left, like double doors. Okay. And the doors on your right, there is a chain around it. And you can see that there's been posted a sign, danger, um, something about structural damage, you think. Mm. Uh, and so he takes you through the other doors, walks you down another hallway. He has to turn on the lights. Um, obviously, people don't come down here very often. You find a room that's filled with records. Um, the more recent ones are in filing cabinets, but there are a lot in cubbies on the wall that are just large sheaves of folded you know, records. Mm -hmm. uh, he says, uh, I think they are still uh, more or less in uh, chronological order. What uh, were you looking for? Uh, we were looking for uh, around 1789 to 1793. Oof. Yeah. Well, I know, I know. It's going to be at the bottom of the pile. Uh, uh, probably in this area over here somewhere. Okay. Uh, if you need any assistance, I'll be right here. Oh, uh, thank, thank you. Well, then, sir, let's uh, get so to it. This might to, take a while. No time like you to rummage around. Okay. Um, why don't you do a spot hidden? Actually, library roll. Okay, that good. Make more sense in this case. 51 out of 52. So I succeed just barely. Good, because I did not. <laughs> After about an hour, you start to pull together a number of folders that all seem to represent a, a, maybe a two-year time period right where you're located. And you think that you've, you've started to eliminate this pile is later, this pile is earlier, you know, stuff like that. So you think that you found pretty much everything there is. And we'll get back to you in a moment. Okay, so uh, <laughs> um, the four of you, uh, you've you've uh, procured a car to, to rent. Um, you drive 
uh, a number of miles along the Seine. And the funny thing is when you're driving, it the roads are you know kind of like this going around. You're you're near the near the river. Um, you eventually come into a small little town uh, called Poissy, and it's quaint. There are uh, the 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 uh, architecture is obviously uh, from an earlier period. There is a large, uh, imposing sort of looking church. Uh, and there are a number of public buildings as well. There's also a statue of a king, you're pretty sure, on horseback uh, with a plaque um, and a little town square. That's where you park. Mm. Love the town. Yes, I was going to say quite quite charming, far better than a, a dreary asylum, in my opinion. Love the architecture. Yes, Hopefully well, we'll find the locals uh, easier to deal with as well. Uh, can anyone tell which is a town hall or some such? It's fairly obvious. There'll, there'll be something that says town hall. And I'm pretty fluent in French too, so I can. Okay, well, that's. I was, I was about exactly. to ask. <laughs> Many of us spoke French because I do not. I do not. Yes. I Teddy, we are a man. All right. So let's. So, what are we saying? We're doing some historical research regarding the. Uh, I mean, we're doing research uh, regarding regarding the Viscount. I mean, um, is it genealogical? Is it? uh, It could also be on the estate itself, like an architectural. uh, Yeah, I think we're uh, looking into people with. uh, outre taste almost uh, kind of a social deviance of the past you know and... we might not wish to call them deviants if we want however to be connected to people who might be collectors mm-hmm. that's, that's a good point maybe extravagant yeah could, safer could language. Use, yeah mm-hmm. exotic as uh, eclectic did we pass yet a uh uh antique st- shop in this it's a picturesque town might have antique stores um yeah do a luck roll what else is it for that's good 33 yeah you just see uh, something that looks like an antique shop yeah might be worth killing time in if especially if we have bureaucratic holdups um yeah, so maybe only two go in. We don't look like such a mob. Sure. And ask if there's a record. And we know more than one spelling of the name, yes? And historically, they were funny about this. So Jean Avar, Jean Vierre. But a, Is... a, a supposed vicomte in 1789. Assuming that there is one central church, is it downtown here? Uh, so whoever wants to go into the uh, rec- Hall of Records, I suggest maybe the other two go and check out the church just on outside ball chance. Maybe there's some records there. It's interesting, yes. Uh, church records were often more precise than official records in previous uh, eras. Well, I'll, I, can, I can go to the church. I was thinking that the, as well. 
I'll go to uh, the uh, the Hall of Records, City then, Hall. Yes, we will try. That. Then we'll try that. Yeah, because there'll probably be more verbal exchange in uh, City Hall. Although I have a little French, if neither of you have any French. I have no French, but I, I trust that the uh, that the priest will uh, be more uh, fluent in other languages. Yeah, I, I have. I mean, I yeah, probably Latin will. Work. I, I I know Latin. I'm I'm, I'm uh, conversant in Latin, and uh, I same here. I'm a Catholic uh, Catholic upbringing, and Catholicism is big in France. So, well, I was raised Church of England, but. Uh, yeah, let's. Uh, yeah, I know Latin as well. So we'll we'll do the church. You guys do the Hall of Records. We'll see what happens. All right, just a quick look around. Um, you can see a small cafe uh, restaurant, which is attached to a small hotel called the Hotel de Rouen. Um, there is an English apothecary. Uh, a pharmacy. Uh, uh, there is uh, uh, a few other things like that. Uh, a grocery store uh, with a plaque on it that says 1420. Found hmm. 1420. Um, and uh, what is the church? Church is... Uh, the um, hmm, Collegiale Notre Dame de Poissy, uh, and that is 1130. Uh, was it was built 1130 AD? It's old. Um, all right, you come up to the church, uh, and uh, the doors are open. Uh, it's very beautiful inside, uh, stained glass windows, a lot of uh, fancy work, uh, not particularly huge. Um, there are candles lit here and there, but you're guessing that the, uh, that the, uh, the population here isn't quite as religious as they used to be, and there's less people, probably mostly women that come to church. I, I, I don't find that. But I'm, I'm going to linger um, a little outside the door. Um, okay. I'll, I'll, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, you might find this funny, uh, Dr. York, for somebody who, who studies uh, religion to be a little hesitant <laughs> to enter such a, such a place. It's, uh, yeah. it's, been, it's been years. It's been years since I've I, I, I've been to a church and uh, <laughs> always get uh, a, a funny feeling in, in the stomach. I'll, um, clap, I'll clap him on the shoulder. It's it's all right, old man. It's like uh, getting your sea legs back. It'll it'll come back to you. Um, yeah, just you know, try to relax. And and uh, Edison will enter and. Um, uh, falling back on his uh, you know very uh, you know Catholic 
uh, like Church of England upbringing will uh, give the same kind of of uh, of respect and and you know genuflections and and hand you know gestures as he would um, if he was you know back at home sure. with the family doing you know, Christmas services or Easter services and, and go inside and, and look around and, and, you know, I'll even, you know, light a candle and uh, say a prayer and look to see if there is uh, someone who seems to present themselves as the uh, priest. Well, before you see the priest, um, you, you're looking at all of the decorations and there's a lot of commemorative you know, stained glass windows and stuff like that. You can see that they're uh, prominently featured as King Louis the Ninth. Um, uh, apparently, he was born here in Poissy, and uh, he was famed for his fairness, and he was considered a great ruler. Um, but he died of cholera in 1270 during the Eighth Crusade. And all of that seems to, you know, play itself out in the stained glass windows and stuff as you're looking around. Eventually, you catch the uh, the eye of a uh, priest. He is dressed uh, very much like a Dominican monk. So he's in black and white uh, with a hood. Um, and he comes out and says something to you. And he says in French, uh, you know, uh, may I help you? You you seem to be, are you tourists? Um, not understanding French, and I'll you know look at uh, uh, Gabriel just to ensure that he did not catch that either. Uh, then I'll I'll say first in English. Uh, 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 pardon me, uh, do. Uh, father do you speak english and then i will do my best to say the same phrase in latin he says or uh, similar phrase in latin in english he speaks a little bit of english uh latin he does a bit better just because they're still doing their mass in, in latin sure um what can i help you with my son uh, 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 father, it's, uh, good to make your acquaintance. Uh, my name is Edison. This is my friend Gabriel. And, uh, uh we are visitors to, uh, Poise, And, uh, it's interesting. We, we, we have heard, uh, tales of, uh, of the Viscount that his home was, uh, you know, he, he, it was a great tragedy and, 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 uh, his home was burned down in, um, 17 in the 1700s, I believe 1789. And, uh, uh, we found it very interesting and curious and thought we would come and, and see if what we had read was, was true and, and just found it interesting. Didn't know if, if, uh, if the church had any records, if the Viscount was a, uh, uh, a member of the church or I um, thought we would. I must admit, I, I have no idea who you're talking about. Um, 
the church used to have a great deal of records, but the records are all baptismal and birth and death and things like that. And most of those have been transferred now to City Hall. Um, as far as property ownership, we don't have anything like that. Um, would you have any, uh, uh, Father, would you have any records of ecclesiastical actions taken against such an individual? He, uh, if, he was, if he was a member of, of the church, based on what we learned about him, uh, there could have been, uh, even as far as excommunication, um, would you have any records? You're like talking about uh, 1789. Um, unfortunately, at, this, at the time of the, the, the French Revolution, uh, the church was in just as much trouble as the aristocracy most of the clergy were beheaded as well. And, uh, we have a lot of fires occurred. This church survived because it's made mostly of stone, but uh, it was looted a number of times. And uh, we've only recovered uh, these things back in the last hundred years or so mm. uh, once the church was reapproved. But uh, we don't have any, any records like that that I know of. Probably did at one time. Uh, yeah, it would be most likely something like that might find its way to the uh, uh, the Bibliothèque Nationale de Paris, but uh, it wouldn't be here anymore. Excellent suggestion. Yeah, so we we it was it was curious. We didn't know if there was any kind of uh, well, the the Viscount does come across as something of a of a villain, if you will, and. Uh, it was interesting to, to, we were just trying to discover if this was some sort of, uh, religious, uh, uh, I think uprising. everyone in the aristocracy was considered a villain back then. Yes, quite, quite. And most of them, 30,000 had their heads chopped off. So, um, I don't even know that there's records of everybody who had their heads chopped off. <laughs> oh, I'm, I would I would guess so. That would be quite the. It was, a, it was a bloodbath. Well, Gabriel? Uh, I, we, we thank you for your time, Father. Of thank course. you. You have, a, you have a lovely church here. Enjoy your stay in the place. And uh, if there's uh, a poor box, I'll donate to it. There, there's always, yeah. Yeah, I was I was just about to mention the same thing. <laughs> Doctor got to it first. Um, all right, all so right. you step back out into the street. Did you all go into the church, or did some of you go to the? Town no, we hall? split two and two. Okay, so who went to the town hall? Okay, so you're walking over to the town hall, but we're going to jump back to the other two really quick. All right, so you've been down here with. Uh, with Paul Mandrin, the orderly, mm -hmm. um, you've isolated a number of folders. And you've been going through them meticulously for, I'd say, maybe 20 minutes or so. Um, you find, you, you hone in on the time period. And when you get there, uh, there is no mention whatsoever of anybody named Genovar, uh, Vicomte. Genovar. Hmm. Um, 
there anyone that has a last name that just begins with the J? Um, uh, no one that would match. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you you've honed it down almost to a specific day, uh, mm-hmm. but there's no. Yes. Oh, it's no, it's possible. It's the, possible that it never got recorded. Or... Yeah, as was my next question. Does it look like looking at the record? Like, oh, look, it, this has obviously been either erased or removed, or more like they probably just never wrote it down. If it, if he was ever here, some, some people didn't get written down. Some people remained wanted to be hidden, especially in times and. Places like this, uh, some people fought with taboo, so and devil's work. So some people would keep their names out of it, so documents might not be stored, or and, could uh, be under a different name completely. Mandrin uh, sort of chimes in. He says, "Back then, they got away with all sorts of things in the asylum. Uh, uh, who knows uh, what happened?" Um, lots of awful things. Lots of awful things I can imagine. This uh, this was not only a place to come to be cured, but it was a place to have somebody disappear. Uh, again, uh, ambule, uh, a place of forgetting. Um, tell tell me, is uh, was all this building uh, here back at the at the time, or has it been added on to? <coughs> it has been added on to over the years. Um, uh, but even back then, it was fairly large. This is the main building. Um, this this has always been here. Um, the the wings on the ends have been added, and the gardens and and so forth. Uh, and of course, all of the the practices of the doctors have gotten much more. Um, how shall we say uh, observed? Mm. Yeah. Back in that day, they could pretty much the, you could have a. Somebody get away with the murder, but there are, I mean, there are there are problems even nowadays, you know. No, yeah, oh, oh. there are always problems. Have you noticed any problems here at all? <sighs> yes, I, I mean, I know, I, I know it happens. I have seen it firsthand. <sighs> well, how do I say this? You know, people. This sort of an environment, it attracts a certain kind of person. And uh, it, in fact, it attracts different kinds of people. Um, I don't feel particularly comfortable speaking about this uh, here. You know, it's, uh, I'm, I'm an orderly. I don't intend to work here for the rest of my life. I intend to work here until I can. Move, transform myself into a better place and uh, get a better mm. job. I'm not saying there's anything bad with oh, work. Oh, no. You are safe to speak freely. We are not mm. here to judge I mean, you and we won't tell anyone. I can I can think of one incident. I'll give you an example. Um, Dr. Deplas, uh, who has uh, recently passed away, he was the kind of man who was of a charitable heart. He, 
thought that he could fix everyone's problems, and he was, for all his brilliance, he was a bit naive, a bit too Christian in his thinking. Um, He didn't always check the backgrounds of the people he got to work for him. Um, Which, you know, in this kind of business, people who come to work here, you know, they're sometimes desperate looking for work. They can't get employed in a regular place. Um, One of our employees, uh, uh, Monsieur uh, Adrian Guima, don't repeat any of this, please. Oh, no. He worked here for a number of years. He was working here for a number of years. Um, Dr. Deplas, I don't know where he found him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was employed mainly because he was a bit of a brute. Um, sometimes you need somebody with strong arms, you know. Yeah, he, as far as I know, he was, he was a fairly good worker. Uh, I began to suspect something was odd because there were times when we worked together that I couldn't find him especially oh. working late in the evening. He uh, just disappeared. Yeah. Now it's a big place. But yeah, uh, of course, of course. a few weeks ago, I uh, went looking for him. Uh, it was the night shift. I had been traveling up and down the, the wards looking for him because I needed his assistance. And I couldn't find him. So I, I suspected the only place left would be down here in the basement. Um, I came down. uh, The lights were off. And uh, when I went to turn on the lights, I almost tripped over him. He was lying on the floor. Uh, He had been injured. Um, And uh, he was taken up. Uh, He seemed to be completely uh, deranged at this point. Mm. And we did an investigation shortly after that, and we began to realize that what he had been doing was he had been bringing some of the patients down here into the basement in the middle of the night and abusing them. You understand? Oh. Um, yes, I understand. Yes, we found, we found quite a bit of evidence that he had been, uh, we think, maybe even chasing them around in the dark and uh, and sexually abusing them, both men mm. and women. And uh, at this point, he was completely deranged. He, uh, Dr. Deplas uh, placed him in uh, one of the wards uh, for observation. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, he's there still. He's, uh, oh. he's completely nuts. He's still here. Yeah, I, I think he can't be released. He's dangerous. Well, no, well, he's not going to get released now. But mm. so things like that happen because, you know, it, like yes. I say, it attracts people like that. Yes, and it does. Mm. It does happen, things like that. It has been quite common. More recent years, it has stopped a bit than it used to, but uh, it still happens. Uh, any. So, horrible thing. Anything else weird mm. at all? Not I weird, mean, that's the first thing that comes to mind because it's fairly oh. recent. 
If you don't mind me asking, uh, we, we saw in the paper that Dr. Duplass uh, suffered a, an accident. Uh, what happened? Did he fall down the steps? Or? I don't know all the details of that. No, no, no. He, uh, he was a big proponent of electroshock mm-hmm. therapy, and uh, I believe he was electrocuted. Really? Here? Yeah. Yes, to play, you know, he fiddled with the equipment, I think. Wow. Okay. I don't know all the details. That was something that I... Was was anyone with him when he died? I have no idea. No idea. Do you know know who would know? Not any of the orderlies who would know? Well, the director, but I doubt seriously that he would discuss anything with anyone. No, no. No, no. He made a statement in the newspaper. Yeah. Huh. Which, yeah, it's curious. That would uh, take a lot of uh, amps to uh, to kill someone. You'd, th- you'd think that an electroshock would have a safety feature. But it happens. I have assisted uh, with the electroshock, you know, holding the, the uh, keeping the patient down. It's, it's sometimes it goes. It looks like it hurts. It does, oh, yeah. but it would. I. It would take a lot and. There are ways that I can see it going wrong for him, but was are you, if he was with it, are you sure there were, do you not know anyone who was regularly with him? I, I don't know. Hmm. I heard in the morning when I came to work that he had died. Ah, uh, yeah. Hmm. That's, that's, that's an odd, that's very odd. Freak so, did you find what you were looking for? Um, well, I mean, even when you don't find something, you still have found found something, as they say. They say, uh, you know, it, it, we'll be able to document that. Hey, you know that the how the records have keeping has improved over time. Even hmm. well, if you know, if I, I give you my number, if you want to talk oh. sometime, but uh, since you. you're writing a book, I, yes. Would be very helpful. So he gives you his number. Uh, just a quick but question. Please don't, is... don't, don't print my name. No, uh, no, 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 no. Whoa. Uh, a quick question for you. What, what, what do you think of your new director? Well, Dr. Lavu, uh, uh, Dr. Wu, uh, he's, yeah. he's fine. He's a businessman. He's not. Uh, He's not like Dr. Deplas at all. Dr. Deplas was uh, more, like I say, you know. Uh, People might like. Much, much more personable, much more, a very kind man. It's a shame that he had to pass away. I mean, even, what his, you want. even this this thing with people like Guimar, I mean, I'm sure that Guimar was a broken individual, uh, but uh, he had compassion on him and it backfired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Doctor yeah, Doctor Larue is getting rid of all of his stuff. He sent most of his was a lot more stuff than there than before, and it was all sent to his family. Most of the things that he has left are just uh, mostly throwaway stuff. Understood. Yeah, knickknacks uh, and things. Hmm. But if there's nothing more, I can show you the way to the door. Hmm. As he's uh, escorting us out, I'll ask him about the uh, chained off off room. I was like, "So, uh, 
So uh, I mean, not an engineer, but but is it is it sinking or what's happening? What's happening to the structure? Well, a building like this does shift, and uh, there are places in there where the walls are crumbling. Um, mm. It might have been that uh, that Gimar was injured because he was fooling around down there and was hit. It, it seemed like he had been injured in a, perhaps by falling rubble. There was, there was rubble here and there, but I don't know. It's, yeah. it's just considered unsafe until we have some structural engineers come out and, and make sure that everything is all right. Oh, yes. They'll probably have to put in braces or something, too. Yeah, so would you want to uh, try and keep this piece of history <laughs> in one in one piece? I'd like them to knock it all down and build us a new one. When <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we are, mm-hmm. but when you would lose the essence of the place, uh, too many ghosts haunting the halls with. Uh, mm. uh, yeah. as always, ghosts. <laughs> Uh, anyways, let me show you out. Okay. Hmm. And he shows you to the door. Anything else? Right. Can't think of anything. Uh, I find it odd, Gunter. Yeah. I, I, I do too. Uh, I mean, you know. Um, I, I assume you don't know a lot about electrotherapy, right, Gunter? I know a lot. I'm I'm good with electricity, but not electrotherapy. But that's why, I mean, it so, takes a, several amps to kill someone. It does indeed. And the thing about electrotherapy is, um, on the person operating it, there are safety features. It is still experimental, but it, something would have to have gone very wrong for it to have killed him. It could be, I don't know, it's odd. Odd indeed. Hmm. Uh, Maybe it's just me, but uh, that Adrian Gelmo, his his abusing patients down in the basement, it reminds me a little of... uh, that Jean Avert, the Viscount, had, didn't, didn't they say that he abused or was hedonistic and uh, possibly sadistic down in the basement of his mansion? Yes, from what I have been told. But, mm. uh, thing is, again, it happens, right? Things like that happen in the asylum. I have, again, uh, well, I haven't. I've heard the stories from my father, but I tend most cases they tend to uh, abuse them in uh, confinement. Yeah. To, some people have a place, I don't. But why? Why would you go to somewhere which is known to be uh, unstable? I don't know. I. Not one to be seen, but Dr. risk, Rossi. I guess. Risk. You have a role you could make for that, a psychology or I do have psychology. Yeah. What's your role for that? Psychology. 
I'm using a dice roller tonight. <laughs> it's taking a little while. Uh, I'm going to spend four luck to succeed. Okay. Um, it's usually a progression. Um, somebody like that might abuse prisoner or, uh, or uh, patients in their rooms, like you say. The problem is, is that nothing the patients say is believed. So, and the patients will accuse people of doing that just because they don't want to take their pills or whatever. So it becomes kind of a vicious cycle. And then it gets, it escalates. And he starts to realize, well, I can take them down into the basement and play a game of hide and seek and rape. And nobody's going to believe them that anything has happened. They're nuts. Yeah. And they are deranged. They end up getting, if they get caught, they get thrown in and charged in the side. Yeah. yeah. I guess mm. it's the same with anything. Uh, killing right. as well, it starts up smaller. Let's go back to Poise now. <laughs> um, so you've gone to the Hall of Records. We. Oui. Uh, and that's, uh, that's uh, Theodore and uh, Dr. Roland. Okay. You go into the Hall of Records. There's a young man uh, who's smiling and he's running the place. And he says, uh, Oui, messieurs, what can I do to help you? Oh, bonjour. Comment allez-vous? Me parle Teddy. And this is uh, Dr. Cruz. Cruz. Uh, and uh, he introduces himself as uh, Jean Louis Lafay. Pleasure to meet you, Jean Louis. Uh, what can I do for you? We are doing some research on um, on um, eccentric uh, people, characters from history, uh, eclectic personalities that have made uh, impact. And um, we had uh, come here in search for information on uh, this particular estate. And actually, maybe even a particular uh, individual, uh, Dr. Uh, Kurse, uh, do you recall that individual's? Uh... Yes, we have uh, several spellings of the name because it, it, we are speaking of the late uh, 18th century now. Um, so, as you know, spelling is inconsistent, and this individual lived in Germany, we believe, as well as in France. Uh, Pre-revolution, just just before the revolution, yes, uh, and he was uh, supposed to be a, a minor noble, a, a vicomte, uh, named Jean Vier or Jean Avert. Uh, give me, give me the spelling. Yes, I'll um, give you a few versions. <laughs> well, if he was a vicomte at the time, he would have had a fairly substantial property. Um, there are not too many of those in town. Uh, let me uh, check their records. I'll see what I can find. Merci. Um, we should have all of the records from all of the, going back almost to the late Middle Ages. Yes, it's um, a beautiful old city you have. Oh, it's very, very old. Lots of history. Uh, you should talk to the, the priest. He can tell you a lot about uh, the king and the history and Beautiful. Things, you know, things like that. Uh, give me a moment. Please have a seat. Uh, there's uh, 
coffee. Oh, wonderful. Even better. Uh, I'll help myself to a cup of and coffee. And he's gone for about 15 or so minutes. And uh, eventually he comes back with a, a couple of, well, a piece of paper. And he says, I could find, I found a record. Um, the only thing I could find, it's a, uh, a, a blueprint, uh, so to speak, mm. of uh, the property in question, which is uh, 6N Clos de la Abie, which is not too far from here. Uh, this is uh, 1712 uh, Chez Genovara. It uh, looks like there is a block wall fence going around the property and a rather large building. Now, this is old. I don't know if it still stands or not, or we if the property's been divided up. Uh, we understand that there was a fire uh, before oh, the revolution. Been fires in many. Houses, yeah. Yes, it's a very impressive. Uh, it's beautiful design. Uh, is it is it very near a monastery historically or currently? I believe there is a. Uh, there was an old uh, monastery, an old convent uh, near here. That was. Uh, uh, I don't recall the name, but uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, very interesting. But uh, you believe this plan is for the original construction, not he didn't build That's on true. top of the... Yeah. yeah. Are there any records of uh, of ownership? Well, this is, the, you said Jean of Arles, this is the only one that I can find. Oh. But uh, if you, if you, uh, in town, if you go uh, down this street here, uh, about half a mile uh, you'll get to that that particular street uh, mm -hmm. and it should be, should be right along there somewhere that's fantastic uh, we've been uh, we've begun this research at the uh, Bibliothèque Nationale um, do you also have local uh, records of newspapers and things we are curious to, to learn more about this fire and if there were any other victims well, we don't have anything from 1789. No. Uh, those no, kind of records would be at the Bibliothèque Nationale de Paris. Yes. Uh, and uh, you, are you a, a local fellow? Uh, oui. Yes, sorry. So uh, there's no local tale about this Jean of and his wicked deeds? Until today, I never heard of him. Apparently, before the revolution, he was very notorious here in Poissy. Um, mm. Great parties, uh, extravagant decadence. Um, well, that was uh, the very impetus of the, uh, the, the revolution. Yes, indeed, in part. What is it oh. you say? Uh, let, let them eat cake? <laughs> that is the saying attributed to the yeah. poor, poor <laughs> German princess. Yeah, a queen. Um, uh, well, thank you very much, Jean Louis. Maybe we will talk to this priest as you suggest. Um, but uh, I'll be curious. Uh, yeah, I'll, and I'd like to, I'll try to make, of course, a little sketch of the, you know, I saw some of the structures and the rough shape. He can shape. make you a mimeographed copy. 
Oh, wonderful. Yes. Appreciate it. Thank you. A little photo stat for, in case for, we see uh, the. Uh, oh, yeah. For two francs. So two francs. <laughs> yeah, very good. Two francs. <laughs> Extortion. Robbery. <laughs> There's he. Right. So it's off to the city square. It's off to the, the car. Yeah. To meet the fellows. Yeah. So we have okay. rough directions this way. Yeah. Yeah, we can fun. say that just, just for the sake of the way the universe is, uh, that as you guys all converge back at your car, maybe you're going to have a little lunch at the cafe in, oh. in the hotel. And as you're doing that, uh, Dorian and uh, Gunter arrive. They were coming to Poise? Yeah. After, after their... Uh, Right. It only took them just... like a couple of hours. Yeah. Yeah. Because we met at Remy. We met Remy in the morning. So, you know, we no need to meet him that afternoon. And we'll fudge the time a little bit. So yeah. Oh, yeah. Plus, we're in really enjoying the lunch there. It's the delicious food, beautiful countryside. Get a beer. All right. Ah, uh, France. No prohibition. Yes. Mm. Well, so you guys are all at the. You guys are all, are all at the time. So we have we have a we have a copy of the foundation of the place. It was known, but they don't know anything here about it. Ah, uh, well, yeah. that's that's about what we found at the uh, asylum. They didn't know about it. Didn't know about him. The records nice. had no documentation on nice. him. Yeah, there was something odd over that I thought, but we found out the the plus the one who died in a tragic accident, it involved electrotherapy. Mm. Mm. Interesting. He was experimenting on himself. No, no. Uh, well, I don't know. I didn't didn't say specifics. It was to do with him using it. But if he was using it on a patient, it would. Take a lot to uh, cause a backfire on him. Mm. If he was experimenting on himself, however, maybe, but you wouldn't do it by yourself. And you, why would you do it on yourself? Electrotherapy, it's experimental and dangerous. I do not believe in it myself. I was actually being facetious. I would rather do a number of dangerous things before I put electric paddles on my own person. <laughs> And as a rule, I find that when I see someone's death as described as a tragic accident with no further information, I am always suspicious of whether they are hiding a suicide, homicide, or mm -hmm. egregious yes. misuse. Yeah. Yes, and the, the people in charge seem to have gone from a very uh, people person, someone who was a bit oblivious to certain things and would, wouldn't pay attention too much to the staff. He brings on to someone who's very business-minded, very to the... It's gone from one extreme to the other in terms of who's in charge of the place. I don't know, so it didn't feel right to me about that place. Well, I think... Uh... As far as our Viscount is, is concerned, I think somebody in the 18th century was misled when they said he was put there at all. I mean, perhaps the police were told he was being taken to the asylum and really he was 
brought that's, into Paris, murdered and dumped into the catacombs. You that's know. that's my Could thought be. of what happened. Is yeah, that was the story. And Could be, but also uh, we did discuss it at the asylum. Some people were taken there and not no records were kept. It was a different time back then. Uh, rules were weren't kept, well, especially in well, asylum. I mean, we have an account from this doctor, Lucien Rigault, who says that he dumped Jean Avert's body into the catacombs in 1789, mm-hmm. um, which in June 1789, and it was June 1789 that the uh, officer said that he was put, the vice count was being brought to the asylum, but that was in Poissy. Yeah. I say that was here, and Paris is, you know, uh, quite a distance away, and and yeah. in such a trouble, yeah. So we have uh, we have somebody who may have offended someone in royalty mm-hmm. um, with his uh, sexual peccadilloes, to say the least. Uh, we have someone who throws ter- great, uh, dangerous parties that offend and entice different people. Uh, maybe this is Loretti who uh, was perfectly willing to set fire to the house, but didn't have the authority because of his. Uh, the Vicomte's rank to execute him. They stick him in Charendon for a little while, say, don't write anything down. Maybe they torture him there. And then finally, this uh, this quite indignant doctor finishes the Vicomte off and just and, uh, yeah, ditches the corpse. Yeah. The, yeah. So I would say a bit more than just uh, offended some people with uh, some of the equipment and it's, and visual uh, accounts of uh, what they saw in the, the cellar that, that looked quite extreme. Yeah. But I mean, it was the, I mean, possibly the offense uh, as uh, Roland has pointed out, I mean, offense to the, to the king uh, himself, the events um, that brought the investigation to his doorstep in the first place. I mean, they never would have found those horrific things in his basement if they were never sent there. Um, and I think they were sent there out of, out wow. of uh, <laughs> indignation, spite, jealousy, all of the above. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It seems uh, the way the parties are described, there would be many angry family members, husbands, fathers, and others who would like to see uh, such uh, infamy disrupted. Although, of course, you know, again, we don't know. I'm still half convinced that other people were killed in the fire. Yeah, could be. And now we know where the place is. So it'd be quite interesting to see. Uh, its current state after all this time is has it been turned into uh, a restored park or uh, is it privately owned? We we did not find out if it was privately owned currently or if it's still a ruin or mm-hmm. just part incorporated into a park. Right. Uh, well, we'll just go go by and check it out. I mean, yeah. That seems right. like the yeah. easiest. My guess is there's now a turnip farmer there. Who doesn't know that his turnips are cursed? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> All right. So you enjoy a pleasant lunch. Uh, you uh, come outside. Um, the weather's turned a little chilly 
this uh, afternoon. Um, there are clouds in the skies. It's not particular. It's not sunny. Um, but there's, I mean, you, you suspected that there might be snow in the next day or so, or who knows. Um, you walk down the street. It's a quaint village. It's very pretty. You see a few people on the street, uh, a few people shopping, not very many cars. Um, you travel about a half mile down the road, and there are, now you're in where there's mostly homes. And uh, some of the homes are bigger, some are smaller. Uh, you turn onto the street in question, and you walk down, and I'd like you to do a spot hidden. Everyone? Yeah, sure. Control kind of looking. 73 is no good. <laughs> Regular. All right. So for those of you who aren't paying attention, um, it's a road. There's houses. You know, uh, there's trees here and there. There's fields off in the distance. Um, for those of you who are paying attention, you suddenly realize that you're noticing a kind of a pattern. There's a wall over here on the side, uh, on the, uh, the right hand side of you. Uh, it looks like it's white stucco. It's about eight or nine feet high. And then there are occasional, uh, I don't know what you call them, but like the pilasters uh, marking out bits of the wall. They're fairly far apart. And you can see that there are uh, thorny vines growing all over them, which you're pretty sure are roses, uh, though they're not, not in bloom at this time of year. Um, and it, it, you don't notice anything unusual at first, but after a bit, you realize it's going on and on and on, and that this must be a very large estate. Uh, you did see that there was a block wall all the way around the estate. Um, as you move forward, you, uh, you see that there is a place where at some point in the past, uh, there was a gate. Uh, there are still wrought iron uh, pillars on either side of the gate, but the gate itself seems to be missing. There's a drive going in. And there is a sign uh, that says um, uh, six enclosed uh, de la abie poissy. Um, and in French, it says something that, along the lines of uh, office of Dr. Christian Lorien, MD. Hmm. Hmm. You look into the property and you're, you're almost dead sure that this is the property. Uh, but when you sort of step a little ways in, uh, what you see is a less formal garden. Uh, there is definitely like a little place where a little fountain used to be that there's just like a flower garden with no flowers. There are trees that have been planted around. And the, the house, though it's a pretty little house, it's a little house. Um, it's not a grand mansion that's sitting there. And you can sort of glimpse that there's like a vegetable garden behind it and stuff like that as you're looking at quite a bit smaller, still a two-story house, but uh, nowhere near the big gigantic mansion that was here before. 
what was the name of the uh, the doctor mentioned again? Uh, Christian Dorian. Christian Dorian. Uh, MD. And as you are uh, standing there peeking in. Uh, well, we're driving. Oh, I thought you just walked. It was just down the road. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, as you as you look inside the gate, you hear at first, off in the distance away, a little clip, clip sound, clip, clip like this. And uh, about that time, as you've sort of poked your head in to see the property, there's a gentleman over uh, amongst the uh, rose bushes, and he is uh, carefully pruning them and making a little pile. He's dressed in like a, a white jumper, and he's uh, got a little pair of clippers, and he's clipping. You can see that the roses extend all the way around the perimeter of the whole property, big, big bush roses. Of course, nothing's blooming at this time of year, and he's trimming them back. He notices you. Uh, hello, uh, uh, do you have an emergency? Doctor? So he's sure. speaking in French? Uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, bonjour. Uh, oh. Do you have an emergency? Parlez-vous uh, français? We a little bit. Um, we are we are here. Uh, we were went recently to the uh, city hall to to look up some of these classic uh, estates that have been in uh, in the vicinity, and this was a noted one from back in the late seventeen hundreds. And uh, we were really hoping just to just to see just to, just a little bit from the outside. It's it's of quite note. Be. Uh, what, um, he says, ah, I, I see. Um, well, this is, uh, uh, I believe this house was built in the 1800s. Um, he says, uh, uh, please, you know, come, come inside. I'm uh, Dr. Christian Lorien. Oh, you are. He says, uh, forgive me, I've been doing some yard work. And I, I was translating all of this, of course, to the oh. He Tell has him a I, big, I, big bushy mustache. I appreciate a professional man who does his own gardening. Uh, he says, yes, uh, we tried to keep it up. It doesn't look like much now, but in the springtime, it, uh, it's quite spectacular. Mm. Uh, tell him we don't wish to intrude, but we are curious if he knows about the history of the property. He seems kind of benign. Ask him if there's torture devices in the cellar. No, maybe he speaks <laughs> English. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've I've been working for a couple of hours. I probably smell. Um, would you like to come inside and see? Uh, you know, we can uh, oh, have if, some tea. Or if coffee. it wouldn't be too much of an inconvenience, it would be most wonderful if you would. We're very appreciative of of, of this. Certainly. Uh, please uh, follow me. Come inside. Um, I, I was I've um, I was aware that there was a previous uh, larger house here before ours was built. Uh, I do a lot of gardening. I, I run across old nails, uh, old square nails, and all sorts of things, bits and bobbles and things like that. Uh, 
but I don't believe any of the original house remains. Uh, mm. And he uh, steps up onto the, the porch. You can see he uses this as a professional office. Yeah. Um, and as you step inside, there's a place for you to put your coats and your hats and, and stuff like that. And uh, you can see that towards the left uh, is his doctor's office and towards the right is the private residence. Okay. Uh, and he, he, he calls out, Veronique, uh, we have guests. Uh, bring some tea, por favor. Uh, favor. <laughs> Spanish. Uh, Speaking okay. my language now. Now see. Dr. York will poke his head into the office area, just kind of admiring and looking around, seeing what kind of uh, journals or uh, uh, latest editions of you know, medical texts that may be on display and, and uh, um, through Teddy, if need be, I'll introduce myself also as a physician. Oh, um, he's a, he is a general physician. Um, he doesn't get a lot because a lot of people don't, you know, just people who have accidents and people who get hurt down and stuff like that. Um, that's why he usually when people show up, it's an emergency. So ah. That's what he thought you were there for. Um, <laughs> his place is what you'd expect from a country doctor. There's a table. Um, there's a place where you can, you know, examine somebody and there's it's scales. And I don't know, maybe he's got a, a anatomical skeleton in the corner. Uh, mm-hmm. You see in movies. Regardless of, of what it looks like, I'll, I'll, I'll mm, very nice. Yes. Yeah. And he has his license displayed on the wall. Is mm-hmm. there, out of curiosity, from, from the, the historical significance of the place that this was uh, built over, or, or have you run into any um, foundational cornerstones, uh, perhaps, throughout the property? Not really. Um, a few bricks here and there, and uh, not, not much other than that. Uh, uh, please, you know, excuse me, my wife, Veronique. Uh, we'll come in and uh, bring you some tea. And, oh. uh, uh, let me go clean up. I'm filthy. Oh, thank you. Merci. So he dismisses himself. And uh, after a few moments, his wife comes in, followed by a little girl. Uh, and she, she Veronique, she says, uh, you know, she gives you your tea, your coffee. Uh, this is my daughter, Kitari. Mm. Uh, she's uh, seven. Um, she's she's a typical little girl she's giggly Mm -hmm. Um, she's not shy uh, probably because daddy has a lot of clients that I mean she just she's used to being around other people right Um, Um, I get out my deck of cards and maybe like you know do a little card trick for her. Uh, she does not speak any English, though. Um, you've gotten the, the, the Dr. Lorian does. Uh, oh. He seems very uh, highly educated. Um, <clears throat> uh, what brings you to uh, our neighborhood? She says, uh, Veronique says. Oh, we're doing some uh, research research on uh, 
some old houses of the aristocrat, the, the aristocracy before uh, the revolution. And there was some, uh, some that were in this town that, that we were doing a little research in. Just, just I don't think our house goes back that far, but uh, oh, it no. was a property before. Yeah. In our, in our researches, uh, there's some indication that the prior estate was, was burned down. Um, so that it's unsurprising make, that this is not the, the original house. We do, a, we do occasionally find like bits of charcoal and burned wood and things like that in the ground when we're digging. Um, we didn't plant all of the roses. Uh, the, the, the roses around the edge, the, the vining roses were here when we moved in. We've since added a lot of tea roses and more colorful and fragrant ones. The, uh, the yard is very beautiful uh, in the spring and summer. Uh, eventually, uh, Dr. Dr. Christian comes back. Uh, now, uh, oh, also, um, well, she's, she's having a conversation with you. Dr. Neruda, do a luck roll. I'm not luck, luck, a spot hidden. Ooh, a 17. That is a hard success. I don't pay attention outside, but I pay attention Mm -hmm. inside. Um, (laughs) uh, Madame uh, Veronique, uh, she's very friendly, very personable. Um, You see they have bookcases, so she's showing you the books. They also have a record player. And you notice she has quite a collection of opera records and once you get her started uh she goes on and on about uh uh uh, katarina cavallaro uh just a brilliant soprano uh uh, my husband dr lorian took me to a concert um last year and we heard her sing she's just absolutely beautiful uh, she says, you know, later I can play you some of the, the music if you'd like. Oh, that would, that would be wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful. So uh, the, the doctor eventually re- returns and, and sees you. Um, so uh, I'm much more presentable now. Uh, you, were, you were saying about the house. Uh, I, I don't know that I've, I found anything valuable. Um, on the property mm. what uh, what sort of things are you looking for well we were uh, just really just trying to find anything that, that we could really about its its occupant uh, just rather interesting an interesting person um we had heard about the I believe it was a fire that destroyed the original structure. Very interesting. I, I, I suppose, I, I guess it's possible that the fire even destroyed everything from the, from the cellar, pre- presuming that there is a cellar. We don't have a cellar. Oh, hmm. I find that very interesting. Was there a cellar originally? For some I've indications seen. of of a, of a basement of the old of the old property, hmm. 
Is there no do you, is there no basement uh, of the new house or nothing in the new house? No. Uh, hmm. I wonder if I wonder if it could be there buried. Perhaps you found nothing of value on the property yet. Who knows what might be under our feet? Looks over at his little wife and says, "Um, treasure hunt, maybe." (laughs) I wouldn't suggest that you undermine your current foundations, but the uh, the building that was constructed here in 1712 was owned by a a nobleman. and uh Nobleman of yeah i i think of uh i think of varied heritage actually it was his name is not always spelled the same way but at this house he was called jean aval uh a vicomte um a vicomte. yeah of some ill repute who from here uh after the fire went to charenton um and whose records are largely impossible to locate. A very mysterious figure. So there could um, be a puddle of uh, gold from his fixtures that ended up underneath this house. Uh, are you... Are you, you say... Could he have been German? Yes. I think he might have been of German or Alsatian extraction originally. He looks over at his wife. She doesn't really know why he's looking at her. But um, what what is it exactly you're looking for? Uh, exactly is hardest for us to say. Uh, he is believed to have had, among many other interesting uh, objects, I'm sure. Uh, 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 I guess a oriental religious idol of some form, possibly constructed in Constantinople. A statue. Uh, precisely, Doctor. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, what were your last names? Uh, Are I'm... any of you Wellington? Wellington. Uh, no, none of us are. I don't believe I know a Wellington. The um, I I received a letter a while back. Just a moment. Let me go see if I can find it. Kind of you. Yeah. And and he leaves. Meanwhile, um, Kitari is doing what a lot of little kids do. They've fixated on somebody. Let's see who. Um, on the Gunter, because he had the cards and stuff. And she's a very handsy-on girl. You know, uh, mm. she wants to climb up into your lap. She's giggling. You're, she's showing her the cards and all this. Which were innocent time. When people didn't freak out about stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There's a moment when she's going to sort of hop off of your uh, lap when uh, she suddenly, uh, you you sort of are helping her down. She sort of uh, cries out and winces um, as if she's suddenly in pain. Uh, She cries and she grabs her left arm and she, uh, 
mommy, mommy, like this. And uh, her, her mom, she runs over to her mom and she says, what is it, Kitty? And she says, my arm hurts, my arm. And uh, she sort of looks at it and you can see, Dr. Edison, you can see immediately there is a kind of a red rash that she's got on her arm. It doesn't look fresh. It looks like something she's had for a while. Yeah, I want to um, uh, Papa, Dr. Lorian has stepped away, right? Yes, he's run upstairs really quick. Yeah, so with, when he's, uh, since he is not immediately present, um, I want to uh, gently, tenderly, you know, kind of uh, soothe the mother and say, no, no, it's okay. Let me, let me take a look as best I can bridging a language gap and, uh, and see if I can, I want to examine her arm and, and see if I can gain any information from this okay, examination. Do a, do a medical poll. Hmm. O M G. <laughs> I have amazing medical and yet i failed that role nearly a fumble um i i really want this info though so oh, i will spend the 15 luck in order to uh be successful all right Ow. um <laughs> you examine her arm and from in, in your uh knowledge of physiology your knowledge of you know taking a look at it um, at first, it, it presents itself as a kind of a rash, as if she's been exposed to some sort of, you know, plant that, uh, that irritates the skin. But when you, you know, very gently, you know, press on it, um, you're almost guessing that something's wrong with the underlying muscle, uh, like it's somewhat deteriorated or it's atrophying and uh, it's causing her a great deal of pain. Um, hmm. But there's no, there's no shrinkage. There's no direct damage that you can see involved uh, in her arm. Um, there's probably, you can probably also smell or tell that Dr. Lorian has been uh, treating it perhaps with something topical uh, to bring down the inflammation. Okay. So it's not something new. And she didn't have it bandaged or covered or... It's not covered or bandaged. Or okay. Do I, uh, I, I'll take a, a handkerchief and, uh, and lightly wrap it around it and uh, uh, so it doesn't, you know, it's not too tight it's not you know causing any additional harm but just to just to cover it um and then uh and then you know tell the little girl that everything's going to be fine you're just fine um and then um dr lorian went upstairs yes okay you can hear you can hear his footsteps moving around just like he's still looking or does it sound like he's returning it sounds like he's on his way back. Yeah. Okay. I want to. I want to meet him at the base of the stairs. Okay. Mm. Um. So what you're actually doing is you're stepping out into the hall, uh, mm. in between the living, and then the stairs are right there. So as he's he's coming downstairs, he's holding a, a piece of paper like this, and he says, "Uh, yes, I wanted to show this to you." 
yes, yes. <laughs> but uh, uh, doctor, first, uh, if I may, your your daughter, her arm, she was just complaining about it. I I hope I not to overstep your bounds, but I, I took a look at it and it does not look good. I, I think she needs to see um, get greater greater attention and deep and care have you considered taking her to paris uh, uh, yes i i've been trying to treat it myself um with what i know uh we thought at first she was just sleeping on it wrong and uh and it seems to be slightly progressing um it's we think it might have a lot to do with the weather as well my own uh, arthritis and uh and my I'm, wife. I'm sure i'm sure that's what it is but based upon you, what i saw i think you, you might want to to get another opinion in paris well you probably have a more a more exposure if you come from the city uh, you're from america um england yes uh oh you're from england london um, yes you can tell from my <coughs> Southern well, I'll, accent. <laughs> I'll certainly, I'll certainly consider that. That uh, I should probably take her to see somebody more professional. Yes, I, um, I don't want to alarm you or your wife, but I think it is something that you should probably do today. Oh well, uh, I, I'll have to make an appointment. I'm sure they will think, see you. I don't don't think that it's an, an emergency status at this point, but. Um, I understand. Well, thank you for your concern. Um, anyways, he takes, he kind of brings you back into the other room with him. And he says, um, I received this uh, a while back. Uh, he hands it to Dr. Roland. Um, I, I didn't think anything of it. I, I put it aside. And, uh, but from some of the things you say, it seems to make some sense. Mm. Yes. Uh, to whom it may concern, I realize that I'm a complete stranger and that this letter may well mean nothing to you. My name is Edgar Ellington, and I am researching the history of an old statue known to scholars as the Sedefkar Simulacrum. Recently, I came into possession of an old Byzantine scroll, which presents an intriguing description of the item. This piqued my interest, and I am now endeavoring to trace the provenance my search has led me to your property address. The name is probably meaningless to you, but through my researches, I have learned that the last recorded resting place of this objet dart was in the manor that once occupied your land in the late 18th century. The statue was a unique Arabian artifact lost during the French Revolution of 1789. Its last owner was a German nobleman who once lived where you live today. Therefore, I would like to politely ask if you have heard any local stories regarding this item, or maybe found any traces of the old house and its possessions on your property, which might give a clue as to the eventual fate of the object. Would you be so kind as to write to me with a summary of the information? I apologize for the rather strange nature of my request, but I feel that I should pursue whatever leads remain to me. I hope that you will not go to any great trouble regarding this. Yours most sincerely, Edgar Wellington, 50 Rue Mauberge, Lausanne, Switzerland. Hmm. Wellington. Mm. How very, very strange. Perhaps there's buried treasure here somewhere after all. Maybe. 
Yes, also perhaps there's danger, although this is something we shall perhaps discuss more privately, but uh, the fellow who, uh, it is indeed precisely the object described here that we have come in search of, uh, and the scholar uh, in, in London who put us on this trail uh, was himself, uh, perhaps, uh, Madame, uh, we could have a, a, a bit more tea. Oui, Monsieur. My pleasure. You are very she, kind. She leaves. Kittery follow, follows her out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I lean over privately uh, to uh, whisper amongst whoever's closest to our group. Um, what do you think about offering a fair sum uh, in uh, 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 francs to, on behalf of the university, to do just a couple minor probing uh, digs, in not invasive around his property. It's 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 too it's too high profile. Let's say if there's other people who have this lead and they know this property, if we are associated with a dig. I mean, that's a major operation. That's it's going to be hard to remain undetected by I think people who wish us harm. Well, I wouldn't. I'm I'm not saying do full on excavation. Are you but, saying this in front of doctors? No, just just no. whoever's oh, the, quietly and off to the side. If, if, now that I've got Veronique out of the room, I'm quietly trying to explain to the doctor that Smythe was attacked, and that's why we're concerned. In that way. They can mutter hmm. amongst How themselves. valuable is this object? It's, uh, uh, I don't know if it's much of a, of a matter of value. I'm a, I'm a, the I, I'm a theosophist. I study religion, um, and with the with the religious associations of this object, it may be that whoever attacked Smythe did it from a religious a place of religious extremism if that makes sense not necessarily well, out of it a sounds to me like what you really value. want is to put it in the museum rather than allow some petty crooks or criminals to get their hands on it exactly it, it, i i'm very happy with my my practice me and my wife and my daughter live rather comfortably and we don't need a great many things. We have what we need and we don't really want for anything. But if there is something interesting buried on the property, I think that that might be a lot of fun seeing if we can find it. We don't need to advertise. And if it's this statue that you're looking for then uh, if as long as you're putting it into a museum or something then I don't really have any problem the uh, university community would uh, would be interested in this and could also you know make it worth I'm, your I'm a, I'm a big fan of you know the artifacts in museums that's where they belong especially mm -hmm. something that you say is important Arabian uh, 
That's very interesting. Very, very much like to see it find its proper place in the world. Yes. What if I made you this proposal? You could stay here. We've gotten a couple of extra guest rooms, or you could stay in town. Uh, the hotel's quite nice. And uh, come back in the morning, and we can. I mean, I'm digging in the garden all the time. Oh. Unfortunately, well, our, uh, our companion here, and I'll, I'll kind of uh, pat Dorian on the shoulder, uh, he has lots of experience uh, digging around places. Ah. Well, I, I do indeed. <laughs> I, am, I am a professor of archaeology after all. <laughs> it would be pretty bad if I did not have the knowledge. This, this letter, I, I received this, like I say, a while back. Um, I've, nobody's ever come inquiring about anything since then. And you, you know, did not write this Wellington back? because you I didn't. In fact, I completely forgot about it until you started, until you mentioned something about a German. <laughs> How long ago was the, did you receive the letter? I think it might have been six weeks ago. I'll be very curious to see if there's actually an Edgar Wellington at this address. In Lausanne, he seems very polite. The letter seemed very polite, but he didn't seem overly concerned with it. Just if I by chance ran across it, I suppose he thought that I. Oh yes, it's in my living room, sitting on my mantelpiece. <laughs> well, thank I, you. I, I I think we would uh, very much appreciate your hospitality. Thank you for the offer. Yeah, it, sounds, it sounds quite exciting. I, I'll, I'll go fetch the car and bring it so it's parked here as well. Um, I think I have room for maybe three or four of you, unless you yes. really want to double up. We had a very nice supper at the hotel, uh, and uh, our expenses have been somewhat remunerated. So I think it's we only should a half all... a mile. So yes, we should all make ourselves comfortable. So perhaps, uh, oh, perhaps uh, the the two doctors can stay here. Well, the three doctors. Well, the four, the four, too many doctors. doctors. <laughs> four doctors. Yeah, Which doctors. specialties are you interested in? Yeah. Religion, Dr. Dr. Neruda. My, my wife was very much interested in playing some music for you, Dr. Neruda. Dr. Yes, Addison, sir. you, uh, you I, uh, are a medical man, so you might be quite comfortable here. Uh, Dr. Lorraine, you have uh, a, a, quite a garden, but I think you keep no animals. Is that, is that correct? No animals. So you have no uh, firearms about the place? Uh, firearms? No, I don't. Yeah, have a shotgun them. for some. My wife won't allow boxes. me to have a gun in the house. I'm sort of a jack of all trade. Maybe, Doctor Dorian, if you wouldn't mind, if if you wouldn't mind, I I would like to. I could double bunk with you. If that's okay. Mm. Yeah, I I wouldn't mind. Uh, yeah. I can double bunk, Teddy. Yeah. Oh. I was planning to stay at the hotel and uh, don't want to. No need for all of us to double bunk here, unless no. Indeed, until one. you and I can go and have a schnapps and talk things over as well. Exactly. Well, I mean, you could stay for dinner. Oh, you're very kind, with no notice at all. My wife loves to cook. Mm. We would be honored. So, what we can say is that you're going to stay for dinner, and that. Uh, Three of you are going to stay here, and three are going to go back to the hotel. 
four of us, me four and Teddy us, are going to double. You and Teddy and are going to double bunk. Yeah. Uh, and Dr. Edison and Dr. Naruda are going to stay here. And yep. Dr. Roland and, and Gunter are going to go back to the hotel. Yep. All right. That makes sense. And that's where we'll cut it off for tonight. Um, excellent. That's <laughs> Riley would say. Our uh, players included Morgan Llewellyn, David Gassaway, Stuart Lively, Keith Craig, Josh Harwood, and John Hook, with yours truly as the Keeper of the Secrets. We have a Discord server where you can chat with our other members. You can set up private games. You can learn the finer arts of gameplay and game mastering. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to help support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answer any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of HP Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming. Thank you.